you know, there was guidance given to me a long time ago, do what you love and the money will follow. And that's a hard thing. Yes, I think that that is true. Yeah. But knowing what you love, you have to be curious enough to sort of like knock on doors and fail. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Black Butt Beauty Radio. Today's guest is Shauna Robinson. Shauna is a corporate survivor turned holistic chef, wellness consultant, yoga instructor, and as a side note, she is one of my personal favorite follows on the gram. Her delivery of valuable content around health and wellness is so legit, and it's laced with her incredible humor. Learning and laughter is a win-win to me. So I love Shauna's story, you guys, and I think it's a very valuable one to share, being that so many people are afraid to switch up their careers. After investing so many years in it, like Shauna did, she worked in the tech world with huge companies like Yahoo!, eBay, Google, and Twitter in their early startup years, like super in the beginning, right? And it's really scary to make a big career change like she has, especially moving into a completely different territory. So Shauna's career pivot merged her into health and wellness, and it stems from a very genuine place of passion, intuition, and purpose. It's been a total operation of listening and trusting for her, and it really does feel like a calling. So much to that it moved her from her life in New York City. She lived there for so many years and uh, brought her to LA where she currently resides. There's a lot to her story and I'm going to leave the rest for this episode. It's a really, really good one. She shares a lot of valuable health tips. She's super into Chinese medicine, acupuncture, you know, so health tips that everyone can really gain value from right now. But alongside that, it's inspiring to share her story because again, I know that there's a lot of people who invest a lot in their careers and then, you know, they're afraid that, you know, changing things up after so many years of investing and not having having a real foundation even in the beginning in this new territory. It's a really scary thought, but I love her for, you know, moving towards the challenge, really seeking challenge, which you'll learn more about in this episode and just fucking going for it. And it has been serving her so well since doing that, you know, and and that really does validate that, you know, there is a lot to be said about trusting yourself and moving from a place of intuition, you know, and doing it soundly and strategically as well, which she has done for herself too. So again, I'm going to leave the rest of the juicy bits for the episode and let you take in my friend, Shauna Robinson. Enjoy. I hit record. Oh, good. (laughs) I love it. Now we're live. Girl, we've been like, <laughs> I know. You are always like, yeah. hi. Hi. This is so fun. I'm so excited. Me right too. Now. We've been friends on Instagram for a couple months now. Yeah. And off the get, just reading your, your posts, I'm like, oh shit. Not only are you a wealth of really valuable knowledge, health, Thanks. mindfulness, just well being, overall well being. But your vibe, girl, you're funny. You're like, I was just like, shit, this girl is like my kind of girl. We got to be friends. And then the 
inspiration and thought came to me like, I got to get you on the podcast. So I am so happy to be here. Thank you for making time. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. And I felt the same about you. It was like, I think we bonded over Duran Duran. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That feels like it was so long It ago. does. I know. Yeah. I was so bummed that we didn't make it. I didn't make it. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. I oh, mean, me too. Yeah. First concert. That was your first concert. July thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam were my first concert. Oh. But I, I know I'm an asshole. I feel like no, that's a like, good one. No, I know. I mean, I feel like an yeah. asshole because it's so good. Good for I'm you. Like <laughs> no, be an asshole. I like it. I support that. My sister, funny Duran Duran story, really quick. My sister, I have an older sister, and. She was obsessed with John Taylor, like obsessed to the point where um, we were going to mail her, literally. We had a box, crackers, and water, and we were going to mail her to the like fan club mailing address. Wow. I love this. <laughs> and who would know that, you know, several years later, I would end up working with him to get him ready for his book cover. And then she actually had her own rad experience with Simon Le Bon, like they were all hanging out one night, but you just never know in life, like where you're gonna end up and who you're gonna meet. No, that's amazing. Right? That's a good story, I that's, love it, yeah. Th thank you. Yeah. I want to, first of all, bring our audience up to speed with who you are and, you know, I want to dive into your background, just going back to what I said about you never really know where you're going to end up yeah. and where you are now is such a different place from where you thought you were going to be when you're know, five years old, right? Thought you were going to be an attorney or completely different. So, yeah, I mean, at five years old, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. My dad was an attorney and I saw freedom with his job. It wasn't necessarily that I was so attached to, I mean, I was five, what the hell did I know, right? Yeah. But he was self-employed, and so that was something that, even at a young age, I saw the value in, where he was able to create his own schedule for the most part. And I, you know, I didn't know how to articulate it then, but that was something that was important to me. My grandfather was self-employed, my mother eventually became self-employed, and so that was around me. And yeah. even though they had very different professions, I that was something that I knew was very important to me. And lo and behold, I ended up falling bass backwards into this like crazy corporate career for almost 20 years and realizing through that 20 years, I am so out of alignment with who I am. So here I am in LA, not an attorney, not <laughs> working in corporate America, doing health and wellness stuff because of just my own personal journey. Yeah. Yeah. And and you feel like you are in you are in a state of alignment with totally your higher self, right? I mean that's pretty much how I frame it. Yeah, so I mean that's like a big plot twist, right? To go from corporate career life mm -hmm. for 20 years and then to just flip the switch basically and obviously you know and I really want to get into this with you but it wasn't just like a flash moment and you're like oh pivot this way I mean there had to have been signs and you know your body must have been talking to you can you tap into that a little totally bit? I mean it was several instances over the course of you know that 20 years at 25 I felt chest pains and went to an emergency room and they hooked me up to an EKG machine and it was like oh you're just having a panic attack and they made it sound so trite you're just having a panic attack yeah and I was like uh, that was terrifying and then at 32 I was also having chest pains I was working for Google in New York and I was just beside myself, major chest pains. And my stepmom actually said to me, she called me because she saw me online really late. And she said, why don't you go out on short-term disability? And it was the first time I'd ever even 
considered it. I didn't know it was even a thing. It's this benefit for corporate citizens, and most people don't know about it or they don't take advantage of it. They think it's like, oh, if you broke your arm or you broke your leg or whatever. And so I, I did. I went out. I mean, literally the next day I was like, I have to, I have to leave even though it's this job that everybody, you know, would die for, whatever. And yeah. I was literally dying. And then three months later, I entered culinary school, which, you know, I thought I wanted to go to law school and took the LSAT and decided culinary school was probably a better better path for me. And it was this total hippie school. It was called the Natural Gourmet. And it was health supportive. It was vegan. It was vegetarian. It was Chinese medicine. It was literally like Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma Live for the, like six months in a classroom where we got cooking technique and really understanding where food came from and how it affects the body and food is mood. And I just remember sitting there on the first day going, what the fuck are you f-? like? I just remember thinking, why does nobody talk about this? This is like this gold mine of information everybody is so stressed out and pissed off and angry and just whatever yeah and they're eating shit that's making them crazy yeah and they're malnourished right and so it was this big aha moment for me that was 10 and a half years ago can I ask you yeah. why did you what was it about cooking did you grow up loving cooking already or what led you there I did I loved to cook my stepmom kind of you know instilled that in me as well we would get home from school and work and whatever, and we were able to help in the kitchen. And so it was fun to be able to just sort of have that tactile experience growing up. Yeah. And it wasn't anything ever like crazy insane, but there was some connection, like we made it so we would eat it, and especially around vegetables. I mean, we, I always liked vegetables, but it was nice to have that experience to be able to play with them. Yes. And even in grade school, we had to do these demonstration speech. Mm -hmm. And so in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, what I would do for my demonstration speech was actually like a cooking show. I would cut the vegetables. I totally forgot about this until recently. I would cut the vegetables and the ingredients up out of construction paper. I would bring a pan and like a wooden spoon to school and like have my own cooking show. And so it's that is so cute. It was cute. I was I was a cute kid. I would watch your yeah. cooking show. Oh, thanks. Yeah. One <laughs> of these I don't days. Even watch TV. Yeah. Except UFC fights. <laughs> I would watch your show for okay, sure. Okay. One of these days yeah. I will have a cooking show. We'll make yeah. it funny. Um, exactly. It's gotta be funny. It's gotta be. Um yeah, I think people relate to humor. So, you know, when I was considering what to do next when I took the LSAT, which is the law school admission test, and really didn't do well. I didn't apply myself because I I kind of intrinsically knew I didn't want to go yeah, one foot in one foot out yeah, yeah it was just like okay that's what I've said I wanted to do since I was five but is that actually at 32 what I still want to be doing and no it wasn't and so yeah that's how I ended up in cooking school it was kind of a hobby move it was like this and that's how all of the big decisions or big moves in my life have been made is just sort of like I go with my gut if I'm overthinking it or if I have to I kind of know what the answer is. Yeah. You I know, if that, that makes sense. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's the story of my life as well. Yeah. You know, we, when I know, I know, mm -hmm. you know, and when there's like too much hesitation, I mean, there have been times where I had to kind of weigh some things out, but when I execute, it is so clear to me that that is yeah. absolutely the direction that I need to be going in because I can viscerally feel it, you know, like, oh, I'm sitting on a plane. Maybe I didn't know if I should take this trip or not initially. But now I'm on the plane. I'm like, oh, this is fucking so right, mm -hmm. you know? And what's interesting is, you know, when you say you follow your gut, you listen to your gut, we'll dive into this. But I really, really believe that that is also 
first of all, it's true in my life as mm -hmm. well. And I know that so many people listening would agree as well. But that's also why I think it's so important to eat foods that support clarity. Oh, yeah. Because I know that the wisdom that lives in me and my ability to operate from my highest intuitive self, which is truly how I live, mm -hmm. I'm better able to access this information because I'm not internally polluted because my food is fucking pure. Amen. Seriously, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, you know, the gut and the brain, there's... Brain gut, they have access. They the go brain. together. Yeah. They, they are BFFs. You know, when I... And I didn't know the science behind this. which was just kind of like a one plus one is two thing for me as I started getting really deep into really health and food, nutrigenomics specifically, like how our food is really affecting our genes and, yeah. you know, our biology. And I remember thinking like, wow... Decisions are really affected by our emotional well-being, right? Our emotional state. And so what really affects our emotions? And to me, I'm like, well, your diet, your food. So then it made sense to me because I'm someone who I really want to make sound decisions, like smart, sound decisions in life, right? Well, if that's the case, then the emotional stability and emotional well-being is really important too. Well, then what's going to support that? then you know it just it's, it's full circle I agree right. and it's, that's that aha moment that I had in culinary school where they said food affects how you feel your mood and yeah. I mean you could have knocked me over with a feather it was like what the fuck were you on the were you eating like standard American diet at that point not or? quite I was eating you know sort of what people think is healthy sort yeah. of like a protein a carb and a veggie at mm -hmm. every meal and it was like the boneless skinless chicken breast and not saying anything against the chicken industry or whatever, but yeah. you're missing out on a lot. If you're going to eat chicken, I don't personally, but if, if you either. are, get it on the bone, get it with the skin, eat those things. That's the whole food. And so you're missing out on a lot of things. And so one of the things that became really clear to me while in culinary school and on this topic was the notion of whole foods, like eating the whole food. And I don't mean the lovely grocery store. I mean, actually eating, which I love. I go there every day, um, <laughs> literally. But like if you're going to eat beets, for example, eat the greens with it. Because if you're not going to eat the greens, you're only eating the root and you're walking around feeling sort of disconnected and not complete. And that's because there's a whole set of nutrients in the greens that you're not eating and your body's kind of going, where's the rest of it? That's and bad. yeah. And so it's like, wow, that just it just clicked. It just makes sense. You know, yeah, we're throwing away all this radish greens, carrot tops, because, yeah. you know, people think they're trash and it's like, no, they're right. food. And that's actually part of the whole thing. And so don't throw it away. Yeah. And maybe you might feel actually more whole and complete in your that. life. Yeah. So that had to have been a really, you know, you were really getting inspired through that whole process of learning completely. Food and so at that point, you took a break. You were still on break from corporate world. Did you go I, back after that? Or? No. Well, I did eventually, but I left. I took my three-month short-term disability, and I ended up not going back into okay. the corporate space for three years, which was amazing. And, I mean, that that culinary program, I took to it like a duck to water. I mean, it was just like, again, like I said, like, why is nobody talking about this? Everybody's talking about protein, carbs, veggies, and low-fat this. And this was a completely different viewpoint into nourishment sure. and nutrition and then then started to throw in the Chinese medicine piece and it was like oh my god this is just so fucking cool are you kidding me it's like you're in this whole other universe completely yeah and so I did a bunch of stuff in the culinary space for three years I mean I tried everything because I knew I wanted to work for myself I just didn't know what that looked like so I 
I catered. I helped cater Whoopi Goldberg's 50th birthday party. It was amazing. Aaron Neville sat down at a piano and just started playing. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. (laughs) Um, Shared a piece of cake with Angela Bassett. And her arms are just... Oh, yeah. I mean... Real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, she's legit. You know, I had my own small little baking business. It was just doing a lot of stuff on the side. I made myself... Where were you living at the time? In New York. Okay, got it. I made myself work in a two Michelin star French pastry kitchen. I have no French pastry experience. Again, I went to the hippiest culinary school, like vegan, vegetarian. On my first day, they had me cutting butter. They had they made their own bread and they made their own butter to put on the table. And they needed them cut in six centimeter segments, which is a little crazy. Yeah. And, I, you know, you carry a ruler and whatever. And they handed oh. me a blowtorch and I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I, like, I, I'm going to, as long as I get out of here not burning myself and I have my eyelashes and my eyebrows and my hair, I'm good. Um, and we have to wear oh, these awful, oh, God, it was an unattractive outfit. But anyway, <laughs> my hair was up in this hat. Oh, and no. I got, they were like, you can't do this because I was not doing it fast enough. And so the butter was melting. And, you know, so I stood back there and peeled dates for seven hours after that. And I could not have been happier. I was like, oh, thank God. You know, you. I was so challenged and so frazzled in that environment. It was just, I knew it wasn't going to be the right environment for me to work in long term, but I made myself do it anyway, just for the experience. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Gotta, I want to kind of peel that apart because yeah. that's really interesting. And I love that because I, I'm such an advocate. How I frame it is seek the fight. Mm-hmm. You got to move towards the things totally. that make you uncomfortable. So the fact that you, you actually went out of your way, you seeked this challenge even though you knew for the most part that it's probably not going to be where you're going to station yourself. But I want to talk about the mind a little bit in that moment. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel like that was really important? For a number of reasons. I didn't know quite what I wanted to do with all of my culinary education. I knew I didn't want to work in a restaurant, but I also knew to move ahead in any way, shape or form. I had to do something that challenged the shit out of me. And I don't do anything the easy way. Like I always seek, it falls into my lap the hard way. I always just, and I was at an event in New York and I met this pastry chef and we got to talking and I really liked her work, even though I am not, again, trained in French pastry. And I sent her a DM on Twitter with a link to my resume and a Google doc. And I said, I want to come work for you. And she's like, you know, this is like low man on the totem pole. You're not going to be like running the show. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I don't need to be, you know, I've already done that in my previous life. I need to understand how things work from the bottom up so that I just get a better understanding. And so there I was cutting butter on my first day and (laughs) with a blowtorch, with a (laughs) blowtorch. And then on the second day, somebody called out sick. And so I'm actually like preparing shit that's going out into the dining room. And I'm like, it was that's stressful. the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And I've done some terrifying shit in my life. That was honestly one of the scariest things I've ever done. That's crazy. But I did it. And I'm glad Good I did you. it. Yeah. Thanks. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That was, I'm sure, a very important step for you. It was. So, yeah. So many levels. So many levels. I learned a ton about, and I carried a lot of that with me back into the corporate space. When I went back to work in an office, operationally speaking, restaurants know what they're doing just especially in the back of the house where you have your station set up exactly the same way because time is of the essence. Yes. And you ha- you're moving and it's a very finite space. And so you're moving, you're literally like standing on one foot and kind of pivoting around and especially in kitchens in New York yeah. because they're so right. small. So how do you make things 
most efficient? How mm-hmm. do you get things out and looking perfect and beautiful? And it's really to set up a foundation yeah. and set up infrastructure. And sure. so I took that back with me into the corporate space and ended up working on more operational stuff initially when I went back into the corporate space and used a lot of that technique. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. skill transfer is huge, right? Huge. It's like I take so much of, you know, I'm an athlete by way of my lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? So obviously not competitive anymore as a kid I was, but what I gain from sport, from the things that I do physically, it's all transferable. And it's sometimes, to be honest, it's like like the beach runs that I do. Yes, I'm doing it cardiovascular health, but that's not really... My main thing when I do those beach runs, number one, I love to be outside. Number two, it's fucking hard. It's hard to run in soft sand in the heat for three, four, five, six miles. And that resilience, I'm addicted to constantly moving the needle forward on my capacity for resilience. Because it bleeds into every other area of my life. And being a path creator, you know, someone who lives on the edge like you, where we're just kind of taking cues as they come from the highest self, you got to be fucking ready for anything. And shit is really hard. And if you don't have that resilience and that capacity, well, you know, good luck. Yeah, you know? I agree with so you. you. Have to train it. Like you putting yourself in that blowtorch butter situation. <laughs> yeah, never again. And it was, it was a well, terrifying not that effort. version, but no. there's another well, version. Well, there are, and there are. I mean, you know, I seek, you know, much like your runs on the beach. And as I said to you before, I only run when chased. So I, I, you probably won't see me running I with you. My life, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I'm not built to be a runner. I, they don't make sports bras, the steel belted radial tire types. They just don't do it. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. But um, but I do Bikram yoga. I love the yoga. I don't love the man. I think he's gross. But I mean, you do learn that resilience going in. Yeah. You know, it's like it's gnarly. It's gnarly. I don't. I forget that it's hot at this point. You know, when I bring new people, they're like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's hot in here." I totally yeah. don't even notice that. And the fidgeting that I watch people do, and I stand in the back purposely. I don't like standing up at the mirror. I don't need that kind of intimate relationship with myself, but really going in there. And even if I know that I'm physically not up to it, where I'm like, okay, you know what? I might sit. There have been classes that I've sat for 90 minutes and just meditated and not moved. And it is the hardest thing to do, you know, because it's like you want to be up, you know, your, your mind is that your ego is really getting in the way there. You know, it's like, oh my God, you're not, you're not doing triangle. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And it's like, you're still doing yoga. You're still here and you're still challenging yourself and to not get up and leave the room when you feel like absolute shit is Oh, yeah, that's Hard. gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Your dynorphins is what it's called, actually. It's a good they, word. I like it. I know, it. right? It yeah. opposes endorphins. But that's when you're getting hot and uncomfortable. Yeah. And you, you're just kind of like, I don't want to say suffering because it's not necessarily suffering, but you're just really uncomfortable. It almost can feel like suffering, though. And it does. But right? it's it does. It builds up that resilience that you were talking about where yeah. you, you, know, you have to psych yourself up to go and run on the beach. Not all the time, but you yeah. know you're going to be uncomfortable. You know it's going to be oh, a yeah. challenge. But when you're done, oh, yeah. there you're is, high. oh, yeah, in a way literally. that you can't explain it. No. And it pains me. I can only do hot yoga three days a week now because my adrenals are so toast from, and we'll get into that at some point, I'm sure, but the stress of the move and my jobs and all that stuff. So I get so happy when I'm in that room and I savor it and I have to choose when I go wisely so that it's not just like a throwaway class. If that makes sense. Like from, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to 
it's a balancing thing where yeah. you need to make sure that you're not overdoing it, not taxing your body, yeah. but you can still, you want to extract the most and the best of it. Yeah. So you have to time it right. Yeah. Considering everything. Well, let's go back to corporate, your return to corporate for a little bit, because that must've been interesting to go out into this new universe and then come back to yeah. your kind of old life from a new version of yourself. So yeah, let's go there for a minute. <laughs> It was scary, and I didn't necessarily want to go back, but I had a choice. I had kind of blown through my savings, and I was lucky enough that I took three years, so it wasn't, you know, I really gave it a good shot. Yeah. But that's how I found my way into HR, which I'm very grateful for that experience because I think it made me a lot more aware to the human condition, and especially in a corporate setting. For whatever reason, people like to tell me their entire life story. I could be in line at Whole Foods and people will tell, I'm just like, I'm literally buying kale, but thank you for sharing <laughs> that your daughter's a drug addict. Literally, that's happened before. And I'm like, okay, but so I was able to use that in a corporate setting going back into it. I was in HR, so it was the human side of the business and dealing with people and managers and performance issues and really sensitive topics. There was a woman at one of my employers who we found living in the office. It was interesting because we don't know why she's living in the office. You know, yeah. does she live in an abusive household? Does she like, so it's an interesting dynamic because we can't ask a lot. We can ask, but we can't, can't ask. Try. Right. Yeah. You know, is everything okay? You know, it looks like you're living here. You know, we have these programs that can help you, but we as HR, there's, you know, separation of church and state. I've dealt with suicides. I mean, I've fired more people in the last at my last job cumulatively than I had in my entire career. 35 people in 10 months. Wow. I had grown men looking at me like, how do I go home and tell my wife? You had to deal with a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion. And all I could do is really hold space for people. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they realized what was happening, if I was firing them, would say, like, I'm really glad it's you. And they would just kind of let their guard down, which I appreciate. I'm glad sure. that they feel comfortable and allow themselves, you know, to be vulnerable, right? Especially in that situation. But it's taxing on me because I absorb that. I'm an empath, and so it's just, it got to be a lot. You know, investigating people getting roofied at a company party. Oh yeah, it was not yeah. fun. Yeah, no. so that was my foray back into the corporate space. And how long was that? Period? Um, I did eight years. Oh wow. I yep. Yeah, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I've met amazing people. I'm grateful for all of my experience, good and bad. I say that I've had a front row seat to a Harvard Business School case study at every place that I've worked. I couldn't have paid for the kind of education that I've gotten and the kind of people that I got to work with and around yeah. and the experiences. But, yeah, well, yeah. they all led you to be where you are now yeah. and who you are now. So I don't even, I don't really subscribe to good or bad because yeah. it's like it all is relevant. It's all relevant. And in my last corporate job where I was, I mean, literally running around firing people on a whim and most of them I felt were not necessarily just, yeah. um, it was just, you know, somebody didn't particularly like them or they may not have been a good performer and, but people weren't being given proper feedback either. So I had to go in and clean people's messes and I hated that. Yeah. And I was running around all over the state. I was flying to and from San Francisco every other week. And I had just moved here. And I had no foundation myself. So my health really started to suffer as a result of this. I started, I mean, I hadn't changed my diet. 
I would go to yoga and I mean, that was when I could not move. I mean, there were several days that I would walk in there and I'm like, I can't move, but I'm just, I'm happy to be here because it feels good. Sure. And so I finally realized like, I, this is not me living my life in a way that's meaningful to me. I'm not, what am I doing? You know, I'm firing people for somebody else. I'm working for somebody else. I'm not being true to myself. I'm so out of alignment and out of integrity with who I am at the core. Yeah. I have to leave. And one pattern that I did break that I was really happy about in this last corporate experience is I didn't walk out. I've walked out of three jobs because I just get to a point when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And I was like, I'm committed to breaking that pattern in this particular experience so that it's not Groundhog's Day again. Like, I'm not going to be doing this over and over and over again, even though people are like, oh my God, that's so badass that you've walked out of jobs. And I'm like, sure, I guess. But at the same time, I look back and I'm like, I either didn't have the tools to deal with it properly or, you know, I didn't know how to communicate authentically in a way that would maybe pivot the situation. I think that's rad. I just want to say, because I, I have this, what's called the the four S's mm-hmm. and it's, we can dive into it later, but it's, it's essentially like my empowerment formula. Right. And, and this is all through self-discovery, self-awareness leads it and self-connection follows that. And then it's self-love and self-confidence, but self-awareness to get there, you know, you have to be curious. There's a lot of uh, several things to support self-awareness, but one thing that I captured that you did is you would reflect and you were reflecting from a very honest perspective and also a perspective of like, how could I do better? You know, like, how could I do this differently? Sure. It's not bad that you reached the point you, you didn't feel good. You quit. You, I mean, you have every right as a human to do that. So when people would say it's badass, like I get that, but I think it's even more badass that you're like, yeah, while that might be true, I know that I could do this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think that self-inquisitive mind is so important to be able to check in and to do it authentically too, you know, or else there's no growth, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not growing, if you're, you're dying slowly, it's <laughs> terrible. You know, you're stuck in this comfort zone and it's like, ugh. ew, no, not, I know. it's not sexy. It, that's exactly how I see it. It's not <laughs> it's cute. Not. Mm-mm. So you broke that, which had to have felt really good for you. It did. And I ended up even staying. They asked me to stay an extra week because there was a big project going on. And so I stayed an extra week, which, you know, for better or worse, that's also when I was asked to do the investigation on two girls who got roofied at a company party, which was awful. But I also didn't necessarily have a huge plan when I was leaving either. I knew health and wellness had to be at the forefront. I, you know, have a culinary certificate especially, you know, the hippie holistic. I love it. I, you know, I joke, I refer to it as hippie school, but I have two yoga teaching certifications, both of which were based in Chinese medicine. The first one was incredible. I mean, I, that's really where my journey into Chinese medicine really started to, I went down the rabbit hole. I mean, we learned how to cup, we learned how to gua sha, we learned all the meridians, which are the energetic superhighways that run along the body and where the points are and learned how to acupressure and what the emotions were and yeah, you, you know, in some of your blog Instagram posts, I love so much, you know, you literally, you talk about the spleen, you talk about chi, yeah. chi, 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 whatever. Well, and yeah. you know how I know, cause I'm not super versed in it, but I definitely know some mm-hmm. elements of it and have a lot of respect for it. But 
are you damp? Are you hot? I mean, these things. And there, I want to learn more. I'm so excited to talk to you about it more because I do see the value in it and it makes so much sense. It's not some fairy tale shit. Like, this is real. <laughs> yeah. As it's ancient. It's thousands of years old. And as my friend Christian says, it's Chinese medicine, not Chinese magic. And yes. which I think is a beautiful, succinct way to say, like, you know, it's proven. Yes. And you do have to do things for a prolonged and sustained period of time. This isn't like you go to one acupuncture treatment. You're like, oh, my God, I'm fucking cured. It's like, no, right. no, this is – I use the term – when I'm teaching yoga, I talk about the energetic superhighways. And I'm like, you know, when there's stagnation, it's kind of like traffic here in L.A. Everything goes down to one lane, and it's painful. Right. And you're annoyed – your body's trying to get your attention in some way, shape, or form. It's going to show up as that emotion, whether it's anger or fear or worry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when you do acupuncture or you do any sort of modality, whether it's yoga or gua sha, and you're releasing the tension, that's doing construction on those superhighways to rewiden it to five lanes so that shit flows through. Or an easier way to think about it is you know, a garden hose, when it gets kinked, you know how like there's just that pressure that builds up at that kink. You undo it and all of a sudden things just flow Flow. through. And that's an easy way to think about, you know, how the meridians run through your body. If there's any sort of stuckness, that unsexy stagnation, not cute, (laughs) it's going to show up either physically or emotionally or both. And and it's, it's real. It's totally real. And There's so many ways, you know, our body, especially, you know, speaking to corporate people where I come from, you know, our bodies provide a lot of data and everybody's so data driven. We just don't know how to identify it. You know, like dark circles under your eyes is going to indicate that there's a kidney imbalance. You know, we're so young, which is the upward male fire, fiery energy. We don't take time to plug in. If your phone's at 20%, Mm -hmm. you run around finding a charger. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, my phone's at, you freak out. Right. When your body's at 20%, you're like, I'm just going to push through it. Yeah. You know, and so we don't recognize these signs. And the cumulative effect of that, just, it's so detrimental. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of signs that our body is giving us that on the sides of your tongue, if you stick your tongue out in the mirror and you have bite marks, Mm -hmm. spleen chi deficiency. And that's the first thing that a Chinese medicine practitioner is going to look at is your tongue, and then they'll check your pulse. I always peep my tongue, girl. And what's so interesting, it's always changing throughout the day. Of course. It's so interesting, right? Like sometimes if... Because I'm also like, is it damp or is it, you mm-hmm. know, I pay attention to that. Foods are a big mm-hmm. factor in that sure. as well. But yeah, I really value that that form of evaluation too. I think it's just like a, these are important things that you don't need to go to a doctor. These are, I don't want to say easy things, but things that we can do. A hundred percent. To check ourselves yep. and to make sure that what's the system doing, right? We have access to is what I'm trying to say. And actually that takes me, I want to kind of go back to when you realized, okay, this is enough. I'm not feeling good anymore. And now at this point, you already had, you know, all this, you, you gained so much knowledge in nutrition and Chinese medicine certified in yoga as well, but you didn't necessarily have a plan of what you wanted to do. Yeah. No with plan. Your- <laughs> it's kind of how I roll. No plan. <laughs> Just wing it. I mean, this is important because I think that there's a you know, there's a lot of people, and more, I think more now we're starting to really, we're becoming more aware that people are realizing their unhappiness and their dissatisfaction with the maybe career path that they're on or things in their life that are important, right, in this way. And I think one thing that personally has always 
been on my side, and it, I feel like there's an alignment with you, is that I've always listened. Now, that doesn't mean shit's been easy. In fact, it's been hard because sometimes the easy route is to ignore the signs, to ignore the feelings, and to put yourself in these quote-unquote safe situations where there's more security. You get the job, two-week paycheck, and the... I don't know that, like, I don't have that background. I'm divergent from birth, right? So I opted for the scenic route, fucking departed from the matrix. I'm like, let's do this shit. And just kept following this feeling. But a lot of people, I think, have a hard time with change and trusting. Do I take the scenic path? I'm calling it the scenic path. It is the scenic path. And I always went back to, I mean, the corporate setting was, I fell backwards into it. And I had great experiences. I've worked at major tech companies that changed the way that the world is and works and searches for information and shops and communicates. It's so cool that I was able to be a part of that. But I also knew in that, you know, what you were talking about, just being out of alignment and kind of taking that easy path. I admire you that you never did that. You were like, fuck that. I'm done. Like, I can't, like, you're done before you even started. That's awesome. Because that allure of the, you know, we'll call it a false sense of security. You know, you've got this two-week paycheck and you're, you know, you want to climb this corporate ladder. I never did. Like, when people would come and talk to me and they'd say, like, oh, I want to get promoted. I want to climb the ladder. I was like, Why? Like, I never got it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I kind of pretended to want that. Yeah. Because it felt like every, well, everybody else, like, what's wrong with me? Right. But nope. All I saw when people would get promoted is like, okay, you get more money, you get more responsibility. Right. Now you have people reporting into you and like, yeah. then you're not, what are you doing outside of work? What are you doing to take care of yourself? Because yeah. you're so focused on what you're doing here. And I don't know that people are, terribly happy doing that I think right. that it's all consuming and well and you know when you think about it like so for me I think the best way to put it I've stayed very close to my primal existence and my primal existence means that while this may seem safer my intuition from this very kind of primal way is like telling me to go somewhere else and I would go in that direction not knowing Certainly there's not this security situation set up for me or whatever, but it was just like, I'm just listening. I'm following him. <laughs> no, I'm like so impressed. I just was not that aware or just in tune with who I was at a young age. You know, I knew that I wanted to be self-employed. I thought I wanted to be an attorney. Obviously, as I mentioned, like 180 shift from that. Yeah. But I think it's amazing that you knew from an early age, like, I don't want to sell my time to the highest bidder. Like, I'm not going to go into this corporate setting to, it just, you knew it wasn't for you. Well, I also don't like ceilings. No. So I'm, I'm the type of person that I'd rather fucking work my ass off and have more growth potential than I'm going to work my ass off and then ask for a 2% raise at the end of the year and also have to ask for my day off. What if I'm sick? Like, and I'm really sick. Like, that just never felt like something that I could commit myself to, but I am a team player and I do love, you know, I'm not this rogue person who's just like, can't follow any rules. It was just like, that doesn't make sense. And it has a lot to do with my upbringing too. Like my mom's an entrepreneur and she's a fucking legend. She's like a fire starter, you know, and she's always gone big and gone. She's taken that approach as well. So I think that that, that affected me as well. But 
you know, where I was essentially going is that this path that I've been living, there's been so much challenge, but at the same time, it has allowed me the space for more self-discovery, more self-awareness, and even self-care. And that's what you were saying is that, you know, a lot of times when you're in this position where, yeah, you have more responsibility, you're getting more money and you're kind of climbing up the ranks, but like, what is your outside life of work? And I think that that is a very important question. And that is a question that I think a lot of people sit with in discomfort because the reality is, is that you're out of harmony. I don't really care for the word balance because I don't, it's very static to me. And, I agree. You know? Yeah. Even now in the state where you are, where you're kind of taking one step forward at a time and following your intuition and your new beautiful career path of wellness. And this has to feel more harmonious than even when you had your locked in career in corporate world. And it's night and day. I mean, so much more harmonious. Again, I heard someone say, selling your time to the highest bidder in terms of jobs. And that's when I heard that, it was like, oh my God, that's exactly how I felt. It's um, it's a hundred percent. Like yeah. it's amazing. And I, again, I learned and it was wonderful and hard and I just knew it wasn't right. I wasn't in alignment. I wasn't living with integrity to yeah. who I am. And when I went to hippie school, <laughs> It so was. I mean, oh, God, and the outfits we had to wear were all so terrible. <laughs> Houndstooth pants. Like, I'd put the, oh, oh no. God, no, ugly. I'll show you a picture at some point. Oh, my God, With, yes. like, the coat, and, of course, it's, like, double-breasted, and I already have big boobs, so it's, like, it just, I, <laughs> and, like, towels and aprons, and I would put it on, and I'm, like, I have no game in this outfit. <laughs> I can't even drink my drink. <laughs> I already don't have game. Like, I'm, like, Seriously, if I'm, like, attracted to a dude, I, like, get rabies mouth big time. So, like, this outfit, not there were, and it oh was 13 women and one man in my uh, program. But anyway, if anybody wants to borrow it, I have it for a Halloween costume. <laughs> not cute. And so I took, side note, and I will get back to on track, but I took the pants. We had to buy them at this uniform store, and I took the pants to a tailor because they were, like, long and made for men. And I was like, could you make these cute? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so real. I was like, okay. Like, no. <laughs> There's literally nothing we could do with these. They're polyester. Oh like, they're, they are flammable. But then he hemmed them too short. <laughs> so I was just like, okay. Well, thanks. Oh I feel God. really good about myself. And I had to like, oh, God, we couldn't wear jewelry and hats. And I mean, it was just like. That's amazing. Not, it was not a sexy look. But I still loved it. I learned a lot. Now, it's been just over a year since I left my nine to five, and I feel so much more in alignment with myself and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know exactly what the end goal is, but I know like there is the North Star that's kind of like pulling me towards it. And the people that I've met in the year and a half since I've been to LA have been either along that path with me, like whatever. It's just everything has come together. It's all making sense. You're totally, it's all in alignment because you are a wellness coach. Yeah. You, you mm -hmm. coach people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're cooking all the time. So you, <laughs> I am. Like, When's the cook? <laughs> I do need to come over for, yeah, I no, talked about this. We do. I can't deal with your food. Your these posts are amazing Thanks. and they always get me hungry. <laughs> awesome. No, that's, um, that's the goal, you know, and I, what my goal is, overall is, is, you know, I use the term wellness guide. One of the things that I did in corporate America was I led new hire orientation. 
And it's kind of what I want to do in the wellness world because I think that there's so much information out there and it's so people just don't know. Yeah. And so while I have my opinions about things, I just want to give people a foundation so sure. that they can say, oh, I'm curious about that. I want to learn a little bit more. And they can either ask me or they can search the internet, whatever they want to do, but just so that people have a better awareness about themselves, their bodies. And that's really going back to the topic of Chinese medicine. There's yeah. so many diagnostic tools that it provides that don't cost any money. You just need to kind of know what you're looking for. Just right. have an awareness about yourself that you're like, oh, yeah, like wait check a second. your tongue throughout the day. Or the clock. I mean, have you heard about the clock? What the, do you mean? This is like my favorite thing in Chinese medicine. Well, one oh, of I'm my excited. favorite things. I have so many so there are 12 major meridians, and they correspond with organs. And on the clock, they have a two-hour window where they're at their peak function. Okay. So whenever I'm talking to somebody and you know they say, oh, I didn't sleep well. So I ask, if, do you have a problem falling asleep or staying asleep? I'm just using this as an example because there's yeah. obviously 12 organs. But your liver peak function is 1 to 3 in the morning Okay. when most people are having problems sleeping. And that's your major detox organ, right? So yeah. even if you're not a drinker, everything goes through your liver. It's your chief of staff organ. It kind of like runs the show. Yeah. Everything congests your liver. I mean, like literally. You so can have thyroid issues and that will disturb your liver. Completely. And that's happened to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same. Or, you know, three to five is your lung peak function. So your major detox organs, your major elimination. And then five to seven is your large intestine time, which we were talking about getting up early. And it's like you just get up and go. Like, right. You go to the bathroom when you wake up in the morning. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. And then, then goes your stomach, your spleen, your small intestine, your heart, your bladder, your kidney your That's amazing. pericardium, your triple heater and gallbladder. And it starts over, you know, so every 24 hours, your body goes through this cycle. And so, you know, for me, when I left my corporate job, well, while I was in my corporate job, my energy level between five and seven was shit, five and 7 p.m. And I mean, I walked into my acupuncturist's office, who's now one of my best friends. And I said, I have kidney and spleen shit going on. And he's like, tell me more. I was like tired between five and seven, dark circles under my eyes, adrenal fatigue in my hands, bite marks on the side of my tongue. Yeah. Also weird, gravitating towards the color blue, which is the color of kidney and bladder and severely oh, dehydrated. So interesting. And he's like, okay. So he checks my tongue, checks my pulse. And he's like, yep, you hit the nail on the head. But had I not known these things, and it's not like it took me years and years of school to figure this out. It yeah. was just like. Yeah. It, no, I mean, that's powerful. You just <laughs> shared such great information that is going to be of value to everybody listening. I just learned some great things awesome. myself. It's my goal. If I'm waking up at three in the morning, are you breathing? You know, or, are you yeah. holding your breath? Yeah. Oh and my I, gosh, it's so huge. It's yeah. so huge. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, to your point, if your liver's off, there could be a myriad of other things that are right. going on in your body from right. hormones to whatever, but it at least starts the journey into your I don't want to use the word recovery, but figuring out what the fuck is going on. So just to kind of bring you mm -hmm. into the thyroid thing, because I think it could be interesting for people listening. So I had been taking an iodine supplement mm -hmm. for three years. And this was because I went somewhere and this naturopath doctor said, oh, you need some iodine, which may have been true. But the problem is, and this is why I'm a huge advocate for comprehensive blood labs. Uh, and I, I put sure. emphasis on comprehensive because most blood lab work is shit. And they don't even know how to read it because they're not functional and they don't understand the body as a system, which it is, system of systems. Anyways, so I went for it and I was like, oh, cool, iodine. And I'm taking this iodine supplement. 
at the time I didn't eat meat for like 17 years. And just to make this short, three years later, so I would do my first comprehensive blood lab and I was so excited because I've been wanting to do one but I needed to do it with the right people and now it's like all set up. And everything looked great except my ferritin was rock bottom. I was anemic, didn't know. And my thyroid was pushing hyper, hyper, right? And this is, I mean, you That's know interesting. It is, right? We did all the tests. I'm not, I don't have autoimmune. My lifestyle doesn't even, my genes, like if you're looking at it like a mathematical equation, like the variables, none of that made sense, but we did single it out through blood lab work. Nope, no autoimmune issues. You know, at the time I would also consume a lot of Corella and spirulina. My very good friend who's a clinical nutritionist, she thought that that was a big factor because it's not common, but it has been shown in some cases that too much iodine can overstimulate the thyroid. And I was like, well, maybe it's that, but how about this? I'm taking this iodine supplement. So maybe it was like the combined, maybe it was just a supplement. I don't know, but very fortunate that I caught it right then. Because if I didn't, that would be a fucking big problem. Mm -hmm. Hyper, heart palpitate, the whole thing. So my functional doctor, my clinical nutritionist friend, I stopped all supplements. And it, it's interesting, the body takes some time to actually, it's not like an overnight thing. First blood lab a month later showed that it decreased a little bit, but they were still not fully super positive. But intuitively I knew, I'm like, no, this is iodine. And then the following month it was, everything was back and I'm so grateful for that. But you know, my liver at the time was showing issues, not like anything major. It made sense. Again, this is because the functional medicine, man, they were able to recognize, well, because you're overproducing thyroid hormone, your liver's having a hard time. So it's just, it's incredible. It's fascinating when you learn. And I know for you, knowing the knowledge that you have with Chinese medicine, especially really is all about root cause and looking at the body as a system of systems. And when you start to, you know, I've heard you say this and I love it, but you, when you start to get signs and clues and you can start to investigate and you can peel back, mm -hmm. peel the layers, I think is how you said it. Sometimes all you need is those first initial, you need to capture those and then you start doing the investigative work. Doing it with a functional doctor, in my opinion, is the best because they really understand how to read the language. I agree. I mean, when I went to my naturopath initially, it was, why am I gaining weight? Like, I just was puffy and swollen and oh, I yeah. knew something was wrong. I'd been going to acupuncture for a year, and I mean, I was referred to the naturopath by Christian, my acupuncturist, and one of my closest friends, and all of that comprehensive blood work. I had 15 vials drawn the first time I did wow. my blood work. So You're, I, I was like, <laughs> they checked everything. I know. <laughs> Literally, I was like, okay, all my fluids are just, I was like, um, am I going to be able to drive home for fuck's sake? And he's like, the phlebotomist was like, no, no, this, you're not even giving as much as you would had you given blood, which I'm like, mm, are you sure about that? Those are big ass needles and big ass vials. But similarly, I knew there was stuff going on with my kidneys and what it showed and obviously my adrenals, my hormones were all over the map. Hormones come from your adrenals, your thyroid. So they're connected. Yeah. My iron was low. And that was a big bummer for me because I've been, I was mostly vegan for almost, it was January, 2010. Yeah. And I'll eat fish every now and again, yeah. but 
my naturopath was like, I really think that you need to, first of all, you need an iron supplement, Yeah. which I take with my lemon water in the morning because vitamin C and iron, it's easier for your body to absorb that. I don't eat meat very regularly, but I'll eat it like right after my period. Yeah. And I found that the only way that I can eat it, I've tried going out to eat it. I can't, like, I have to make it myself, which is actually, I feel like a little bit more beautiful in the whole thing because I don't necessarily want to be doing it. You know, I thank the cow and I do this, you know, whole spiritual bullshit. You know, that's no, not, I, but, you know, I, it's. Oh, girl, you uh, have no, I never I, eat. Yeah. I, I'm not going to disturb. Mm-hmm. No, no. You, but I, you know what I'm, I yeah. talk to my food. Yeah, I yeah. do too. I'm Fuck like, yeah. thank you so much. But the only way that I can eat it is braised. And so I braised short ribs, which oh. was my favorite thing before I went to culinary school and gave up meat. And so I've eaten meat in the last 10 years, four times. And that's oh, just wow. in the last few months. And it was a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm not getting on the bone broth. Like, if people want to do that, I know it's good for their gut and all yeah. that stuff. And I'm not saying anything negative. I just don't. But I have noticed that when I eat just, and it's like the tiniest amount, like it's yeah. just a ton of vegetables and like this tiny little braised short rib, yeah. I feel better. He said, "Had I if I don't start doing that, yeah. I'm on the path to Hashimoto's. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what is my conviction here? What am I committed to? And who am I committed to? And I'm obviously, I'm committed to myself. It was an eye-opener. But with all of the stress and all of that stuff, I also now have celiac. I was a carrier for it. My mother has it. Mm. So I had it in my body. But the way that the immune response was to the overwhelming amount of stress from a cross-country move and a job that just completely obliterated me was now I have the good fortune of having... Celiac disease. It's like a blessing in disguise. It, 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 who it, needs gluten? I, who you needs don't. gluten? You don't. The hard part, and I mean, I, again, having gone to hippie school, we were doing gluten-free shit 10 and a half years ago before it was even a really thing. a thing. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that I have that knowledge to be yeah. able to relabel, understand what things are, and cook without it. Yeah. It's going out to eat that tends right. to be a problem because there's so much like you don't you it's the cross contamination right and yeah that sucks it sucks and i don't eat fried food often but yeah. you know if i do they're like well it's fried in the same fryer and my thing is yo put a pot of oil to make a dedicated gluten-free fryer they're gonna on, have to they have to at this like point, it's not right? it's a very easy low-hanging fruit sort of thing like sure. get a wok get a cheap i don't care but like that's how we deep fried in school because we didn't really deep fry anything like yeah. if we did it was like get a wok put some oil in it and now you have a dedicated fryer so anyway that's my psa at restaurants at, who are listening no, it's, please it's like it's great though i think and i think that we're on the path i hope that we are because I hope. It, it's coming up too much with people you know, the gluten thing, celiac disease, it's now, I mean, we have more gluten-free options at restaurants than we've ever had before. I think we're lucky here in LA. Oh yeah, we are lucky We are very lucky. I was just in Kauai for a week with my family and I got accidentally glutened about four times. Oh shit. And I was like, (laughs) it was not, it's not, it's not a cute look. Um, I get really jittery and my joints get really swollen. I feel it's like, it's just instant inflammation, right? Like completely. And I, I can see it in my body. I get yeah. swollen. Luckily, the fun gastrointestinal stuff doesn't affect me. I'm so grateful for that. I'm not an Imodium commercial, but <laughs> it's not uh, not cute. But it's, you have to be very careful. I carry activated charcoal with me so that Smart. I, you know, it's not a cure all, but it is. It's better than just suffering through it. Um, so that's supportive to people listening who might yeah. be in your situation. Yeah. 
carry if you are going to go out yep. to eat and you have celiac disease or even gluten, gluten intolerance. intolerance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Carry yeah. that activated charcoal. It's it is a lifesaver for sure. I yeah. haven't eaten gluten for forever, mm-hmm. for well over a decade. And I think for me, I don't have those issues. I, I don't mm-hmm. feel I don't even know if I'm gluten intolerant necessary. I just know this. Everything feels better without it. There's an actual protein in gluten that we cannot digest. Yes, the gliadin, I think it's called. You would know that I don't. I mean, I'm like I'm I also pulling it right like out the of my most ass. Important, yeah. And, yeah. and then the other pieces fall away. But I'm like, I know that that is one thing that stuck out in my mind when I learned that that there's an actual protein that we cannot digest. And then it's even worse in America because you get the fucking Roundup. Mm-hmm. So that's why when people go to Italy, they're like, "But I had the bread there and everything was fine," because they don't use Roundup there. Right. That's why the only wine that I'll drink is either from France or from Italy yeah. because I'm not getting the Roundup, which fucks your microbiome, and that will be a whole other podcast. Oh, but. my God. <laughs> we could talk for hours on I, that. I feel, I'm I, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. I I was not a big pasta eater before. I wasn't a big bread eater. Same. So, like, it's not – getting rid of it entirely yeah. wasn't the hard part. It's just – when I have to rely, and I like going out to eat. Like it's fun, it's social, but it does become a bit of a challenge if people don't quite understand or they think, oh my God, she just doesn't want gluten because she thinks it's going to make her fat. I'm like, no, that's not why I don't want gluten. I get real jittery and I feel like shit. So yeah, well, you know, I want to tear into that just a little bit because I one thing that I've experienced that a lot Mm -hmm. in my, my diet is my diet. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's exactly that. It's my diet, which mm. I believe that's how everyone's diet should be. It's not the club diet. It's not this is the cool. This is the fat loss. This is, know your system. Know your body. There's ways that you can find out what you're really about. Gene work, blood work, all that stuff. And even just feeling, right, obviously. And then you create the diet that is going to support your optimal health and performance based around that. So my diet, though, over the years, there's challenge in that where if I wasn't, I thought about this recently, if I wasn't so fucking strong and didn't give a shit about what you thought, and when I say you, I mean, I don't care if your family even, mm-hmm. and my family is like, we're super tight, but... I don't care because I have lived in this body for 41 years at this point, grew up eating Taco Bell and standard American food, not completely, but like, you know, that was a part of my diet, got her, gained weight, had the whole thing, lots of challenges basically in my own health journey. And then the discovery of what makes me feel my best, what makes me perform my best, and even aesthetically, what supports the body composition that I prefer to have. And that really is in alignment with my body type, right? And so I have had to basically not give a fuck. I don't ever expect or ask people to eat like me, like I bring my food everywhere. It's not everywhere, but like to jobs or certain things in situations like that. But I know that a lot of people would like to maybe not eat the gluten or not eat the thing. And then there's just pressure. And that's really what I wanted to kind of put emphasis on is like, man, you're in your fucking body. And it might be really hard sometimes to fight off that pressure. It could be coming from your partner, your coworkers. You don't want to be the, you don't want to be that girl. You don't want to be that guy. I say, man, fuck that shit. If you know what makes you feel your best and also what doesn't make you feel good. Is there even anything to think about? So well put. Amen. 
times a million. And kind of to further that, one of the things that I find so interesting is that people really feel the need to put a label on it. Oh, well, you're vegan. I'm like, well, no, like, and you know, it's like, why do you feel that? Why do you, I don't say, oh, you're a carnivore or you're a, like, you eat the way that you eat for your particular body. You eat the way that you eat to make you feel good. Or maybe you're eating the way that you eat because you're kind of buying a lot of the bullshit that a lot of the ads and right. other people are saying, you know, like, oh, low fat, don't get me started on low fat milk, but low, you know, like, yeah, no, totally. like that kind no, of stuff. No, that's one thing that I love about you. I have to say is that, you know, you have your way, but I captured that in the beginning. You're not, it's not like a club thing with you. You're a promoter of nourishment yes. through food. And I love that. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. I'm glad that that comes across because yeah, I care what people eat. I want them to make good choices or informed choices. Yeah. You know, if you're going to eat meat, where are you getting it from? You Absolutely. know, is it grass-fed, grass-finished, bucolic farm, <laughs> Joel Salatin? Like, you know, just sort of, you know, how is this animal being treated? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to, you know, you don't need to know its name, but like, I mean, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a Portlandia episode. I think it was like the first one where they like knew the name of the chicken. Oh God, it was hysterical. I was like, (laughs) literally the West Coast is so crazy. But what you eat affects your mood going back to the beginning of the conversation. And, you know, if that cow was mistreated, you don't think that they have fear in their muscles that you're going to eat. And I know like a lot of people are like, okay, that's a little airy fairy. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. But what happens to you when you get freaked out? You hold your breath and you get tensed up. Yeah. You don't think that that, there's muscle memory in there? You don't think that that's affecting your overall well-being? How could it not? Exactly. Yeah. And when I stopped eating meat completely, what did it for me? I was in culinary school and I went to this talk at another culinary school and it was by a butcher and a sommelier. It was super interesting. And the butcher was talking and he said that he went to one of the factory farms on a tour and there were a bunch of carcasses hanging and that's not even what did it for me. I was like, all right, I kind of know that that's what happens. I've seen yeah. you know, the movies and stuff. And what he said was that when he was walking around, he noticed that there was this like naughty mass on the hindquarters of all the, like in the same spot on all the animals. And he, he didn't know what it was. So he asked the woman giving the tour and she said, oh, well, that's where we put all the antibiotics and the hormones. Yeah. And that was it. I was yeah. like, That is what's going into their body is going into yours. Right. And so, you know, now that I am eating meat very little, but I am very aware of where I'm getting it from. Yeah. And no, you, I mean, I think that's so important. I'm very, I mean, I will say mm -hmm. this after I discovered I was anemic and by the way, my iron didn't show that I was anemic. My iron showed that it was low. It was my ferritin, which is... That's mine too. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing. Ladies, if your hair is falling out, what's your ferritin? This is one... I admit this, and this is going to come out. I have a lot of podcasts coming up with badass health experts, and I know it's going to keep coming out. But I do feel a little triggered sometimes because I see a lot of this promotion of do whatever you want with your diet, but listen... If you're not eating meat, good for you. But well, let me ask you a question. Do you even know what ferritin is? Chances are they don't fucking know. No. And here's the thing. I was at 14. My doctor was like, you're fucking incredible. Because here I am like lifting heavy weights, doing my thing. Because my body mm-hmm. was able to take the stress. But that would only go for so long, right? Before bloody noses. The hair was definitely shedding back then. At the time, I had been... It had been several years already that... You know, just through the constant studying of nutrition, nutrigenomics, and 
I had been learning about the benefits of red meat in particular. Bird has always been gross to me. I mean, as a kid, I ate it, but like, I just no chicken, turkey. And so at that, this point, again, like no meat, fish, eggs, 17 years. But I was learning about the nutrients in red meat. And I was almost like, fuck, I kind of wish I ate red meat because there's just so many benefits nutritionally to getting that you get out of specifically red meat amino acid profile is superior to everything, every other kind of animal protein. So when I found out that I was anemic, that was it for me. I was like, you know what? This is going to be fucking weird because it's been so long and it's such a mental thing. You know, there was no, there's never been meat in my kitchen, blood, like the whole thing. And I'm a lover of earth. I feel like we are all one thing. And I don't really use the word spiritual because I don't really have a connection to that word as much as I have for the word connection, but it is, we can say that it's spiritual, whatever, if we want. So anyways, I, the first day was weird for me. (laughs) I know. My neighbor literally went with me to hold my fucking hand. I was like, this is going to be weird. But girl, by day three, and I had no stomach issues, none of that. And by the way, it was grass fed. It was grass finished. Like that was very important to me because that's how the quality of all my food. I mean, that's my household. I have no chemicals in my home. It's like, that's just the way I exist, you know? But by day three, man, I was like, my body was, I literally was like, thank you. And now, yeah, I mean, I won't go too deep into the science behind red meat, but, you know, and to each its own, you know, all I'm saying is like, do what you got to do for you. Do what you feel is right for you. Know what you're doing for you. And then like, let that be, because even in the stuff that I share regarding food on Instagram, I share more information on nutrients, right? And nourishment. And I'm really focused. And I know that you and I are in alignment with this. You have your wellness from A to Z. And it's this whole, it's the whole picture. It's not just the food, it's mindset. It's the whole, it's the whole picture. So for me, I'm like a holistic high performer. I'm not just interested in kicking ass physically or just in my career. I want everything from within and out to be performing at its optimal state, you know? And so for me, when I do talk about food, it is from that perspective of like, just how to kind of get the most nutrients for your body so that you can feel your best and live your best. Cause that's really, I think, and I, I feel like that's where we really connect. Met. I mean, that's yeah. Again, said so perfectly. That's it. I mean, yeah. and my body has changed over the past 10 and a half years since I stopped eating meat or nine and a half, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I'm 43 now. I was 33 when I stopped eating meat. And there's just beautiful skin. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's <laughs> all those nutrient dense meals that I eat. Got Truly. Them, you know, nourished from the inside out. Yeah. Hydration. I also say it's Yotox yoga. I you love know, that. I don't Botox, I Yotox. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Me either. I love that. Yeah. No, I'm not putting needles of fucking poison in my face. No, I mean, anybody can do whatever they want to do. It's It's hard. It's hard. And, you know, we live in such an aesthetic culture. Well, now Um, it's like fake, too. uh, um, It's everything. Oh, yeah. I can't help it. Sometimes I look in the mirror. I'm like, ooh, that shit's starting to fall. But I can't go there. I can't. I know. know, Maybe when I'm 60. Maybe. maybe. And I just go hang upside down or like do some (laughs) handstands or stand in a hot room. And I'm like. Yeah, the hot. Yeah, yeah. I just do. Well, there's a sauna in my building, but I mean, I do hot yoga three times a week. And so, yes. you know, I say that I go in there and I sweat out all my bad decisions, <laughs> which there have been many. And, you know, you're like, whoa, yeah, had a few sobby bees last night. Sorry, y'all. It's going to stink. <laughs> but no, it's, but, you know, you do 
sweat out all that shit. And you wring out your organs in a way that I haven't gotten that in any other form of exercise. It's not to say that it's the best. It's just like what I love about it is you are literally detoxing every cell of your body. I mean, I practice other styles of yoga too, but that hot is my fave. I'm a hot girl too. Yeah. I love it. Well, also the benefits of sauna are incredible and we're getting more and more studies are coming out proving that, I mean, we're talking brain health. We're talking repairing protein, the protein in your cells. I mean, there are so we're upregulating genes by being within your dynorphins when you're in that state of heat, when you're in not necessarily does it have to be yoga, but just sitting in a very hot sauna. I mean, it's showing there's a study out of Finland, several studies coming out where it decreases. Most of the studies have been on men, but all cause mortality. The numbers are like by 20%. It depends on how long the men have been sitting in there. And I don't have all those numbers, but it's all accessible on the internet. Doing hot yoga is going to put you in that realm. Even jujitsu, like when we're in jujitsu and we're wearing the gi, you're sweating and you're oh God, uncomfortable. I'm sure. Yeah, it's like it's amazing, but you know you're doing similar things where you're upregulating these genes and detoxing the body. But it's so much more than just like oh, I sweat out my alcohol. It's like no, yeah. you're actually supporting your brain to be healthier. You're turning on your anti-inflammatory genes, DNA repair. It's yeah, I can go on and on because I love. It. Did we get the same effect in the summers in New York when it was so <laughs> fucking gross? You know, when you walk down into the subway and you're just like, who wants to touch my sweaty back? Anyone? <laughs> no one? No one. But yet we all have to because yeah. we're on the subway, like mm-hmm. standing up in uh, somebody's armpit. Just it's like, hoping to God they put on deodorant. But <laughs> yeah, I don't miss it. I, I loved yeah. it. But what's really inspiring you right now in your life since your move and from New York, from that corporate life? I mean, obviously wellness, but just any specifics that are really lighting you up that get you excited in the morning? I think just the drive to be my own boss and continue to be my own boss and to continue to educate people and to meet like-minded people. I've been getting a lot of really good feedback. I mean, again, the Instagram thing started because I was scrolling through one day and I thought I could at least compete in the middle of the pack. I may not be at the top, but I'm just going to start doing this. I have to start somewhere. I'm going to take some messy action. And it just started to get, I mean, by no means am I an influencer, but like, you know, I've definitely been getting attention. I've been getting a lot of good feedback. And so that for me is, is fuel to highlight Chinese medicine and to make people aware of other ways of looking at health and wellness besides all the other just sort of regular way like yeah and and I don't mean to make other my shit's the best it's like it's just different it is different it's unique and there's a lot of value I mean you're honestly one of my favorite profiles thank you you're um like I said the food always looks amazing but there's so much value in what you're writing numbers are a really interesting thing I got onto Instagram really late in the game so I'm not this 100 million follower or whatever there's value in growing your audience because especially when you're doing it organically, like, you know, authentically, it's like, Oh, there's people that are really you're connecting with. And that's important, right? We're building a community. I can see way past that shit. Even who I bring on the podcast. Yeah. There's going to be some people that have millions of followers and that's beautiful, but there are going to be some people who fucking are far from it. And I care about 
Who are you? Are you walking the walk? What are you doing? What's your impact in the world? Obviously in alignment with this podcast, which is all, you know, optimizing self-development, health, life performance. And so I'm so grateful that we've connected because your profile, what you put out, who you be, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like, I need to have her on. We need to talk. I know that you and I are going to do more podcasts and I want to support you. Well, I appreciate that. And I, again, I felt the same way about you. I was like, her shit's legit. She walks the walk. I mean, if you guys don't, everybody follows you. I'm sure that's listening to the podcast, but like your beach runs just, I'm like, (laughs) again, I only run when chased and you're out there like every day, just like doing your thing. I'm like, God damn, get it sister. It's so like awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, it's badass. I mean, it's nice to have the beach as my backyard and to utilize it, you know? Well, yeah, of course. And it's important to you. Yeah, and that's awesome. You know, it's this combination of nature, movement, and me time, which is so important. And I want to ask you about your me time. I would like to know how you start your days. Um, That's a very early in the morning. (laughs) We've talked about this. Yes, I am an early riser. I love the mornings. Me too. I've never, you know, I was the kid, like, when there were you know, slumber parties when I was a kid. I liked them, but they also sort of filled me with dread because I'd be the first person to sleep. Nobody ever did any of those, like, nasty, like, stick my hand in water thing because I would, they knew I'd fucking kill them. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, no, mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. I'm a Leo three times over. Uh Uh-uh, do not. (laughs) But I'd always be the first person up. So I'd be with the parents, like, helping them cook breakfast, reading the paper, talking to them. And so I was always talking to the adults at like seven and eight years old. I wake up early. Naturally, I start waking up at about 5.30 in the morning. I have my lemon water with my iron supplement and my coffee. I make my own creamer. I only have one cup of coffee a day. One, I don't need it. I'm naturally caffeinated. I probably don't even need coffee. Just like comforting in the morning. Yeah, so I do like half-calf, half-decaf. Yeah. But I make my own coffee creamer for a number of reasons. I don't want to buy it because I know how to make it. It's one of the easiest things to make. It's also sitting in plastic, so I don't want the endocrine disruptors in my body. And I just haven't found, I mean, there are definitely better brands out there now, but again, if I can control what I'm putting in my body, I may as well make it myself. And it, it's also cheaper. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, if you have a blender, just... What do you put? Anything. Like, I will use almonds, cashews, macadamias, yeah. walnuts. It doesn't matter. I'm kind yeah. of agnostic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. It depends. You know, just whatever I happen to have. Yeah. I mean, you just need to soak them for six to eight hours yeah. and then drain them and rinse them. Nuts have phytic acid in them, which leaches minerals from your bones and your teeth. I can go way into that. That's amazing. So you see that filmy stuff on top of nut and beans. It has phytic acid as well. You drain it, rinse it, throw it in a blender, cover it with some water, Mm -hmm. a minute maybe in the blender, and then throw it through a nut milk bag. Yeah. If you don't mind the grit, then don't strain it at all. But, I mean, it takes five minutes total, and then you have fresh milk. And It's amazing. I used to always make my own milk. The only reason why I stopped is just because, I mean, I literally for years, but it just got, now they have, you know, almond milk brands that have like no carrageen. Yeah. But you're right. It's still plastic. And lately I haven't even been doing any almond. I've been doing Laird's unsweetened Mm -hmm. creamer. So I just get a little bit of fat and a little bit of something and blend it. I'm so glad that you just shared that because I think a lot of people can think that these things are, 
challenging and it's like, well, no, you have to put a little effort, but it's not that big of a deal. You just soak the nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Soak those nuts. We're 12 years old, everybody, and I am fine with it. (laughs) And then squeeze. No. Yeah. (laughs) There is a little squeezing in the back. (laughs) Soak, squeeze, sip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank God. Somebody has a really inappropriate sense of humor as well. Oh, girl. (laughs) I do. I love it. That's why I knew we'd get along. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't make it every morning. It's not like I get up and it's not like I'm going out to the farm and milking the nut tree. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I usually make enough for, you know, three, four, maybe five days. It depends. I I store it in a glass container. I mean, mason jars are inexpensive. And so, you know, so I have my coffee. I usually sit in bed and work. I am terrible. I am not the person that, you know, like when people are like don't look at your phone for half an hour. I'm like, okay, that's cute. I do. I'm terrible. I, I'm trying not to. I know it's not great, but I am most productive in the morning. I know yeah. my creativity is firing yeah. in the morning. I am just a little bit more alert. And sure. so I do that. It depends on the day. I generally go to yoga four or five days a week, which mm-hmm. is down from, I was going seven in the heat, which I can't do anymore. Oh. So now I'm mixing it up. I'm doing non-heated classes as well. So you just make sure essentially that you're getting in your you time before you... I spend a lot of time by myself because I work by myself. And so sometimes that can actually... Yeah. And so sometimes that could actually be a little frustrating where there have been days that I'm like, I either... There are some days I don't leave my apartment. Not a lot. But there are also some days that I'm like, I think the only person I talked to today was the cashier at Whole Foods. Dude, I totally... (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. It's solopreneur life, man. It is. It's a a fucking, you know... It's a grind. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. It it actually, it makes you realize... I mean, I'm an introvert, which people, you know... now I am too. I'm an ambivert. I'm a a mix of both. Yeah. Yeah, I I used to say I'm very ambivert, but honestly, I'm like... Girl, you are a fucking introvert. I know, because I should just knock just this shit off and call myself an introvert. <laughs> well, I think the thing yeah. is, is because when we're in a public setting or in, you know, exchanging with others, it's not like we're uncomfortable, we're shy. We can't. No, we do. There's energy right now that we're giving mm-hmm. each other and that feels really good. But I think for me, maybe this is for you too, the recharge, it's with me. It's not with anybody else. I need a lot of it, especially if I've been part of my career life as being a makeup artist, you mm-hmm. know, celebrity makeup work. And so sometimes I'm just, I have to be on and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But when that I'm done, I'm like, I'm fucking done. And I just want to be in my space with me. And when I say in my space, I don't mean just in my home. I mean like internally and I don't want to talk. But then being a solopreneur is interesting because there are days where you're like, I need some fucking human interaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It's like really interesting. Literally. If I don't go to yoga, I'm wandering around Whole Foods and I'm like, any, <laughs> does anybody want to talk to me? Those are, like, those are nice beats. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. So we can call I, each I know. other and be like, I, I haven't talked to <laughs> a living person today. <laughs> I've talked to myself a lot. And I'm starting to answer myself, which is. Which is great. It's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. So I definitely get a lot of me time. Um, And yoga by nature is is meditation. It is, even though there is a community aspect to it, 
you're alone. You're with yourself. And especially in a Bikram class where you're staring at yourself in the mirror for 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, you're really getting some me time. Yeah, sure. And the hard part about that is not ripping yourself apart and going like, oh, wow, my fat roll is hanging over my shorts or whatever, <laughs> yeah. which I don't. But, yeah. It's, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is hard. Because there are days, um, just to be fully honest, mm-hmm. like, maybe I'm on my period and I'm retaining more water or and that happens. And I'm like... Why are my abs not as, you know? Yeah. Like that shit, oh, it, yeah. It, oh, it's, it's real. It's fucking real. And I, I I feel like it's important, especially for someone like me to say that because I'm fit. I care about my body. I'm moving all the time. But there are days where I wake up and I'm like, huh? But I'm not mean to myself. No. And that's something that part of my journey and going through all the discomfort that I did with the knee injuries and all that, I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I was also a fucking teenager, which, you know, I think that's part you of the course. You could maybe a teenager again, or in my 20s, but... I know, right? That's how I feel. Junior I'm high like, of adulthood yeah. is your 20s. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. But yeah, I mean, everybody goes through those moments. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, going back to what you said, facing yourself in, in the mirror can be interesting at times, and it is self-connection. What is one thing that you're most proud of, of yourself, from this pivotal experience that you've offered yourself in your life from career to even location geography sticking with it and not giving up you know this wellness a to z thing came up i was visiting a friend in seattle and i was like i don't know what i'm doing you know i'm doing something every day i'm posting something every day and she gave me the idea we were talking through it and i'm coming up on this is the 20th week and it's you know i think just I'm doing it for myself. Can you explain what it is for people who don't know? Yeah. So on Instagram, I, you know, my platform is wellness A to Z and it isn't just food. It isn't just yoga. It's all encompassing wellness. I give acupressure tips for people that are, you know, sitting in an office all day and sort of like breathing techniques that you can do sitting at your desk when you're eating lunch. I know what that's like. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, get up and find a conference room and try to meditate. And I'm like, that's ridiculous you, right. like there is no conference room there is no 30 minute break like you're running around and so right. like you know I want to give people sort of sound bite guidance yeah. on what they can be doing in an office and also creating some awareness around their feelings and you know are you feeling angry are you feeling like this could be off like look at your diet and just getting people to understand themselves and I'm doing it one letter at a time that's bad um, thank you it's yeah. been fun Having those parameters around it has actually, I guess, strengthened my creativity because it's like, okay, what am I going to do? And I've had to be a little bit more planned. It's been very helpful. So I'm proud of that. It's been just over a year since I started doing anything other than posting pictures of my vacation on Instagram, (laughs) which is, (laughs) or like, you know, the thirst trap pictures, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to get somebody's attention. Like, (laughs) no, just get your own attention and build your own fucking business. (laughs) Stop with those. They're fun. Don't get me wrong. We all do them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. God. I'm also, while you're laughing, I'm also proud of the fact that I did stand-up comedy recently, which... That's right. Yeah, that was... go to the next one. It was so fun. So many people have been saying for years, like, oh, my God, your one-liners, the way that you just, like, kind of say what people are thinking or, you know, just, yeah. Your fucking delivery... Thank you. Yeah. Um, I love making people laugh. It's really fun. And so I was on the phone with a guy that I had just met through a coaching group. And he asked me, have you ever done stand-up? And I said, no. And he goes, you have to. He'd done it. And so I went. His friend runs a comedy school here in L.A. And so I went. 
And the first day I went, I had already missed the first week and the first day, my first class was a Sunday and I had just signed up on a Friday. So I had no material. I walked in there. Everybody else had been practicing. They had their week. And so they, and I got up there cold. Oh my goodness. That's gnarly. It was gnarly, but it was fun. And it just, it was like, okay, I didn't die. I actually had fun. Yeah. And I'm doing this in front of people. And the end goal is that you stand up in front of a, you know, you, there was a comedy show. There were 80 plus people in a room. They sold tickets. This was like for the public. And, I had my, you know, six minute set yeah. and that's a long time. It's a girl. long time. But honestly You were comfortable. I I had zero stage fright. I just walked up there and I was like, I feel so confident. I Am I that. ready for my Netflix special? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel this right now being an avenue for you. And I mean, I think that's what this is all about, really, this thing called life. It's like you're on this journey and you're discovering what do I like? What do I not like? What lights me up? What doesn't light me up? What takes me the other direction? And it's, you know, it's, you have to experience it all, right? It's not home runs every, you have to know what you like oftentimes comes from knowing what you don't like, right? But then when you start to collect the data and you're like, okay, this lights me up, this feels like shit, don't like that. And You don't have to necessarily know, we use cooking, this ultimate recipe, but you're collecting the ingredients and all of a sudden the fucking recipe appears when you have enough of the right ingredients and now you're ready to cook and put this shit all together. And so I feel like you're, this is where you are. I mean, you've been collecting all these really important ingredients and the recipe is being made now. And so it it's exciting. It is. Thank you. It is exciting. And I think just sort of generally on that topic, where I think people struggle is, you know, they think they have to have it all figured out and they're hesitant to take a step. And I think the guidance I would give is just be curious about something and nothing terrible is going to happen. I mean, even with cooking, when people are like, oh my God, you know, my mom was texting me this morning. She was cooking something. Can I put this in an, an instead? I'm like, yeah, just taste it, you know, and like use your intuitive senses. You have the sense of taste. Yeah. Just do it. And the worst thing that happens is it sucks and you throw it away. I hate food waste more than anything. And me too. If I go out to a restaurant and I have leftovers, I bring it because I and I'll give it to a homeless person. I hate wasting yeah. food. But at the same time, you also have to try something. Sure. And just be curious about it. And I think, you know, there was guidance given to me a long time ago, do what you love and the money will follow. And that's a hard thing. Yes, I think that that is true. Yeah. But knowing what you love, you have to be curious enough to sort of like knock on doors and fail. And whatever failure means to you, failure to me is an opportunity to learn. I am like, all right, so I fucked that up. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I get in my own way about certain things. And again, going back to the rabies mouth that I have when I talk to dudes I'm attracted to. (laughs) It is a real thing. It's great. It's so embarrassing. But... One of the other things that, do you know who Simon Sinek is? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have, like, a huge, like, he's just. Is he your jam? He's so my jam. Like, yeah. I have a whole. Smart. He's so smart. And the yeah. way that he breaks things down is mm-hmm. incredible. And I remember watching his first TED Talk. And I have a whole, like, little offsite that I used to do in the corporate space around finding your why. Mm. And people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And so, like, what is your passion? And you may, like, you have to try over and over and over and over and over and over again until you figure it out, until that recipe is created. I mean, I don't just, there are times that I throw things together. Sure. But 
I believe in my cooking abilities enough to throw shit together. But if I have a concept for something, I try it over and over and over again until it's, you know, whatever the word perfect means. But sure. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Oh, that's um, I think that's really helpful because I think a lot of people get intimidated when it comes to the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, people freak out. I agree with you. There are people that are like, oh my God, I'm terrible in the kitchen. I'm like, mm, you probably just don't have the fundamental skills. Yeah. And it's not that hard. Right. You just, you know, there's ways that you can learn it. I mean, God bless the internet. You can go on YouTube and learn how to boil water and, you know, even look up knife skills, which I think are the fundamental basic for everybody. Why we are not taught knife skills in any school, that was such a game changer for me. To I don't know the knife skills, but now I need to know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can teach you. Literally anybody who ever comes over to my apartment for dinner, I will put a knife in your hand and I'm teaching you. I'm not kidding because <laughs> it's so like best. fish for me, I'll eat for a day. Teach me to fish, I'll eat for a lifetime. Yeah, And just know how to do this. It's not hard. I've cut myself maybe three or four times in the entire time I've been professionally cooking, whatever that means. Yeah. Never have I gotten stitches. Never, you know, like... Yes, I've sliced through my thumbnail, but like, wow. if, yeah, it felt yeah. great. That can happen Anytime. regardless. Right. Exactly. You know, I have two really good knives. One is heavy, one is not. One is Japanese, one's German. And so like kind of understanding like what your comfort level is. So yes, literally, if you come to my apartment, anybody, I'm like, do you want to learn how to slice an onion? Great. We're going to do that right now. I'm going to show you. And I taught my friend the other day how to caramelize onions. I had her slice it up and I taught her how to caramelize onions. It's so easy. And so it's just knowing those basics. Yeah. And then you can really use that to pivot and like do your own thing because there's really no right or wrong. Right. I mean, this is, you know, you're not cutting six centimeter slices of butter with a fucking blowtorch. You're not giving, <laughs> this is not a two Michelin star restaurant in your kitchen. And if it is, if you have that high standard about yourself, then there's other shit going on, right? Like, right. Well, you know, you're holding on so tightly. Right. You need to calm therapy. down. Yes. Thank you, Taylor Swift. You need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. Um, no, I love that. That was a great tip. Oh, thanks. I want to ask you, you have a retreat coming up. I do. This is yes. really exciting. It is very exciting. So can we talk about that? We can totally talk about it. Yeah. What do you want to know? What can I tell so, you? So the retreat from what I've seen is in Hawaii, which I love because Hawaii is home, but it's on the big island, right? It is on the big island. Um, it's in Hilo. It's at a resort called Kula Niapia Falls. I, it's hard to say. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't even practice. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. A friend of mine owns it, and he has been doing a lot of work on it. It's a beautiful, it's a magical, special place. It's about 10 miles-ish outside of Hilo. I could get that. I could be a little wrong, but it's off the grid, but so comfortable. And when you're there on the property, you just feel like you are somewhere else just transported into this like magical land of just chill out like it's so great there's a beautiful waterfall on the property there's lava tubes underneath so I'm running the retreat with uh, my friend Christian who is an acupuncturist and he and I met because I went to acupuncture I told you I diagnosed myself and you know through that you know we just we became friends really instantly but he too is also a corporate survivor he worked that life you know, it was a long time ago, but our goal is really to, it's not necessarily for the hardcore retreat person. Everybody's welcome, but it's, we really want to give people the basics and the fundamentals of learning how to meditate and learning some yoga. It's going to be all yin yoga. That's what I teach, even though I'm certified in, you know, more of a power and vinyasa style. I like to teach yin because 
we don't honor our yin essence a lot. And that's the downward feminine moon sort of introspective energy. You know, we're so young, the fire, the up, the masculine and going charging. And so this is, you know, really going to be the time to you know, unplug that and plug yourself in to charge up. It's going to be mostly plant-based. We're going to do fish. We're obviously on an island, so we do want to honor the local cuisine. And, you know, I'll be overseeing the culinary direction. I won't actually be cooking. I would never leave the kitchen if that were the case. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing community acupuncture as well. Amazing. And if people are afraid of the needles, I could attest they are so teeny uh, tiny. Me too, and I'm, yeah. su- I'm actually afraid of needles, or I used to be. Yeah, I they're, they're teeny tiny, but if people are really, you know, we're going to also do do cupping as well. But we want people to walk away with, you know, not just like, great, you were here for five days and you're going to go back into your normal life and all of this is going to be completely obliterated. We want to give people some guidance and tips and, you know, sort of a repository of information, you know, whether we're not quite sure if it's going to be a website or we're going to actually hand you a folder of like, here's what Christian has come up with as far as his assessment, his diagnosis from, you know, a Chinese medicine perspective. Here's some foods that you need to eat. You know, here's your daily meditation practice. You don't need to start at 30 minutes. Start with oh my 30 God, seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And so that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's so helpful. Well, baby steps are how... how, how Absolutely. We, I say this often, to build a mile, you need inches. Like, it just... You know what I mean? Like, yes. To, you got to take a step. That's it. That's it. And a lot of people don't know how mm-hmm. or don't create the space for them to actually take that step. Yeah. So this sounds like a beautiful opportunity for people to not only learn, but like invite that space into their life and yeah. very transformative because once you get in that man, and once you feel the effects from these wonderful modalities, there's really, it's hard to go back. I always say like, I feel too good to not feel good. You know, like with my diet and everything. I'm like, I don't want those things anymore because I know what it feels like to fucking operate a Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. And I knew when I wasn't driving a Ferrari. I mean, I'm not actually driving a Ferrari. Yeah. I was like, okay. (laughs) She's just (laughs) flossing over here. Sister. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Wait, so when is it? It's it's February 11th. Okay, cool. Through sorry, the 16th. So it's over Valentine's Day, Cute. which was actually very deliberate. Oh, um, yeah. We wanted self love, yes. um, and it's open. You know, if you are a couple, if you're not a couple, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be all inclusive. It's such a beautiful place. I can't wait to get back. I feel really fortunate to be able to do something like that there. You know, and there is going to be free time and downtime if you want to go, you know, rappelling down the waterfall. I tried to do that when I was there. (laughs) My adrenals thank me for not, but I got, yeah. So my friend was like, you should do it. And I was like, no, no, okay. And so, (laughs) you know, I got all harnessed up and the guides are lovely. And they take you down this like bunny slope before you go down because the waterfall is big. I mean, it's like, and it's stunning. Yeah. And I like... No, in my head, nothing's going to happen. Like, I am, they're like, the ropes will hold 6,000 pounds, and I'm nowhere near that, right? Like, <laughs> so I get down, we go to the bunny slope, and this, I was with this other woman who happened to be there. I don't know, I don't even remember her name, but she just like went right on down, made it look so easy. And I was like, I got like one or two steps down. I'm like, I'm good, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't need to do this. I tried. <laughs> Fuck oh, this. No. It was terrifying, you know, because it's like, it's a very, oh my Waterfalls, God. Waterfalls, it's interesting when you're. This was just the bunny slope. This wasn't <laughs> even the waterfall. Like, I didn't even get that far. I got two, like, two steps down the bunny slope, and I was like, you're good. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to try it. Let's, again, adrenal fatigue, major. <laughs> Doesn't, I don't need to stimulate that. 
PS. So oh I'll watch God. you. Oh I will God. clap for you. <laughs> I will take a fucking drone video if you want. Like I will. I am here to support oh you God. in your endeavor. No, but there, you know, if people, if that is an option, sure. Um, and I venture out yeah. and take in other parts of the island and yep. whatnot. They can. And do that. you know, we're talking about other, you know, sort of excursions or you know, bringing sort of local vendors. There's a local kombucha brewer, so we want to potentially do something with them. That's right. But it's going to be awesome. And just, I mean, even if you literally sit and do nothing for yeah. five days, like no. you're well, honoring yourself and yes. you're learning a new way of being, which I think is really the most important thing. You know, everybody deserves that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds almost, I mean, I feel like that's one of the biggest takeaways that you've gained from, totally. you know, switching up your career life, moving. It's just really honoring yourself and your needs and yeah. what lights you up and knowing that you're worthy of it. That's so huge. I think a lot of people don't look at it that way or don't feel a connection, but once that self-worth starts kicking in, a lot of amazing things start to unfold in life. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, having done HR for so long and, pe- and talking to people, they just, they lack that, the confidence and the self-worth and just, you know, this is it. You know, this is, I have bills to pay. And I get right. that. We yeah, all do. For sure. But I also don't want to live an ordinary life. I want to live an extraordinary life. And to do that, you have to take some risks and... You know, not everybody can can or wants to do that. But, you know, I moved to New York on a whim. I moved back to California kind of on a, not a whim. I, you know, it, I'm not airy-fairy, but I think we were talking about this at the beginning. It's just your gut, your intuition is going to tell you yes or no. And it may not be right in the moment. You may need to kind of sit with it for a second. But all of the big major decisions in my life that have gone well or that have I was in alignment with myself. I made a huge major decision early on in my life that was completely out of alignment with who I was. And I knew it when I was making the decision and the consequences were enormous because of that. And so I, that was a huge lesson for me, like trust your gut and then eat clean food so that you're not feeling like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's, it's so powerful. I'm so curious. I want to ask you this question. If you can go into everyone's kitchen and take out one thing that would have the greatest ripple effect on their health, what would it be? Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, it's on the chip. Sugar. Mm-hmm. God, me too. Mm-hmm. I literally, today I was looking at this garlic pepper, organic garlic pepper spice, and I read ingredients mm-hmm. on everything. Oh, yeah, and sugar's in everything. There's fucking sugar in there. Uh-huh. I'm like, but why? Yeah. I know sh- why, because it's crack. It is, I mean, sugar is a highly addictive substance. Yeah. That, I mean, that's scientifically proven. Right. And there's, you know, like 62 types of sugar. Yeah. I just did a post on sugar. You know, I don't want to vilify it, right? Like, I think that, look, if you have a cupcake every now and again, don't right. go off the rails on a crazy train. You don't need to have a, you know, full-on no. meltdown. It's fine. Yeah. When it's consumed regularly, which it is for yeah. most people, because... And you may not even know you're consuming it. Yeah. I mean, to your point about the garlic pepper, it's hidden. It's hidden in bread. It's in sauces and salad dressings. I mean... It's everywhere. High fructose corn syrup. Right, yeah. And yeah. I won't go into the boring historical 
reasons why there is sugar in everything and especially high fructose corn syrup, but that stems back to the New Deal and farm subsidies and the production of corn because the farm industry needed stimulus. And so now we have this overproduction of corn and that's a very antiquated law. Yes. Um, so anyway, I know those are good fun facts. It's my degree in history coming into play. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What would you add to everyone's kitchen? A good set of knives, Ooh. pots and pans and knives. And I don't think you need expensive equipment mm-hmm. and I don't think you need a lot of it. I think you need a pot, a pan, preferably stainless steel. Aluminum is disgusting. If you have aluminum pots and pans, I highly recommend just ditching them. Yeah. I mean, you can go to like TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever, and they have all clad for very reasonable, just it's reasonable. They don't need to be copper. Copper's a bitch to clean anyway. Okay. But aluminum leaches into your food. Right. And it's been shown to cause Alzheimer's. And so if I'm going to lose my mind, it's not going to be because of the pots and pans I use. No. <laughs> Girl. No. <laughs> That would be the worst. It's not. I don't want to lose my mind either. Period. But you know, but, but like, I certainly like, not from pots and pans. Absolutely not. And then as far as knives are concerned, is it, ceramic okay? Ceramic is okay. okay. The thing so like are you thinking like enameled cast iron like a La Crusade or like a stove? No, I actually have ceramic pans or just ceramic. Interesting. I'll show them to you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested in that. I think ceramic is fine. Um, It's not going to leach into the food. The thing with ceramic or like a cast iron or enameled cast iron, it holds the heat. And Mm -hmm. so it's not going to fluctuate with the temperature. So if you're going to do something like a saute where you need to kind of fluctuate the heat a little bit sort of fast. Yeah. Once you heat, it's going to retain that heat. So those are good for things like soups and stews that, you know, you want to keep warm. But if you're going to do like a sauteed kale or whatever you saute. Yeah. Yes, you can use them. Just know that the temperature isn't going to fluctuate that That's why shit much. burns often. That's why shit burns often. Amazing. It, it's so stainless steel avoids... Stainless steel, yeah. And it can have an aluminum core. You just don't want the aluminum to touch the food. Aluminum is very reactive to okay. heat. So it's a good conductor of heat. I just don't want it near my food. Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. yeah I don't really Yeah. Want it and as far as knives are concerned, I would yeah. say a 7-inch chef blade. Whether you get hollow, whether you get non-hollow, German, Japanese. Somebody asked me recently about the ceramic knives. Yes. I don't not like ceramic knives. They do retain a nice blade for sure, but they do chip easily. So that just know that. But yeah, other knives, you do have to take them in. But like you can get them sharpened for five bucks at like Williams-Sonoma or Sur La Table. Yeah, five bucks. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you some rapid fire words. Okay. And it's not a competition. It's not a challenge. I always say that to I know. I, I hear that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I got to be on my A game, especially after the last one. He was so good. I've listened to it like three times. Oh, that, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was an epic episode. Yeah. yeah so I want to throw these words okay. at you. Not a competition. Not a <laughs> Taking some deep just breaths. Tell me. Getting centered. Exactly. <laughs> love. I think of a lot of things self and kindness and openness and receiving which is really hard for people to do so true Mm -hmm. that's beautiful fear false evidence appearing real (laughs) i love that not mine i did not make that up but fear gets in your way of getting shit done and i don't think it's not about being fearless I think that fear is healthy because I think it's it provides that, I call it a chocolate-covered kick in the ass to get things done. 
I love that your kick in the ass is chocolate covered. Yeah, it's got to be. It's why? <laughs> why not? It's gonna be. Got to make it. Gonna... Uh, make it nice. Exactly. Yeah. Challenge. Bring it. <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. Passion. People don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it, and I think people see that for sure. You know, and that's again my fave Simon Sinek. But yeah, passion. Just when, when you're driving towards something and you're, you know, you love it, it's passion. When it's like kind of sucking your soul and you feel shitty about the hard work that you're doing, that's stress. So I think there's a very. I love that. It's uh, I again Simon Sinek. I think it, I saw it on Instagram or something, and I was like, God, he's so wise. Well, I think it resonates for a reason, though, because it's within you. Yeah, and for sure. And sometimes you just need to hear something from somebody else, and it comes alive in yeah. you. It's like your gene just got switched up. You mm-hmm. know, like you just upregulated. Simon just upregulated that gene that's within you. That kind all of the thing. time, every time. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I just I can't wait to read his new book, The Infinite Game. You know, oh, amazing. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's oh. gonna be good. I know. Okay, surrender surrender it's not giving up it's kind of going with the flow and just acknowledging when something isn't necessarily working I use the analogy of my hair I have really curly hair obviously beautiful Uh, thank you it's big and I never straighten it anymore because it doesn't want to be straight I've just given up and so why would I keep fighting with it to make it straight and smooth when it literally never wants to be that way yeah so I love that no, I agree with that yeah. too. I, you know, it's not gripping. No, it's just letting it, go. Yeah, let it create space. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you haven't said that you feel inspired to want to share with our audience? And or are there one to three things that you can offer our listeners right now that could be supportive to their overall health and well-being? Like little tips that are easy for them to just start applying to their life. Yeah, I think paying attention to their bodies, I think it's a bit of a foreign concept for people to notice what's happening and not be so disconnected. If they're, if you're feeling pain or disconnected or brain fog or anything, there is probably an underlying cause. So go get some blood work done by a functional medicine or a naturopathic doctor to start to learn the story look up the Chinese medicine body clock and get familiar with it because it's a huge diagnostic tool and drink your lemon water in the morning room temperature oh my god and stop putting ice in everything stop drinking smoothies that's my other thing don't just you know yeah I used to (laughs) love smoothie bowls not like sugary I would do my protein powder and the veggie but honestly girl yeah I don't know I don't think it's as digestible and everybody's body is different but I don't think it's digestively in your favor when you have all this cold and also raw vegetables. So it's like cold. That's a lot of work on the digestive system. It's a lot. And I will give you the two-second version of why. And in the summer, I'm fine with a smoothie. I will only do one raw meal a day, but we're 98.6 degrees. That's hot. And when you put something cold on top of that, it's going to create steam. It's going to create heat in your body, which is inflammation. It also needs to be heated up. And so if you picture, I always say it's like a big dance party in your spleen with, you know, everybody's wearing tank tops and shorts because it's hot. They're dressed appropriately and they need to extract all the nutrients from the food. When it's warm, it's easy. When it's cold, you're asking them to do the same amount of work as when it was warm 
in tank tops and shorts. That's uncomfortable. And so they have to go to your skin, which is your largest organ, to pull the heat in order to heat up the food to make it digestible. Then you end up feeling cold and like shit and gassy, not yeah. sexy. No, not sexy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not it's sexy. It's not sexy at all. <laughs> no. Like, I love my acai, and, you know, in the summer, I tend to eat more of it, and I, you know, I'll put it, but again, you know, it's like maybe some cauliflower rice, protein powder, blueberries, acai, avocado. Not super sugary, mm -hmm. but I will say that, you know, I used to get down on that a lot more than mm -hmm. I do these days. Me too. I love warm, and I do have some you know, romaine and some kind of crisp mm -hmm. raw lettuce, but I like to mix it actually with warm because for me, for my digestive system, I have just found that that is the most sound. Like it just feels the best. So, I mean, obviously dose is important on any level. So yeah. it's not like having a, you know, smoothie bowl here or there is going to be. No, I think here or there is fine, but especially in the winter months as we approach Winter, I mean, I realize it's like 80 degrees in L.A., which I love. I'm sitting here in a tank top in, the, in late October. But even still, even though the temperature is warm, we're still animals at the core. Our bodies know that the seasons are changing. Yes. The days are shorter. So don't forget that, too, that we are animals. And so eating according to the seasons isn't just about like what's in season from a like produce perspective it's also about cooking style and you know just how you're preparing the food that's why in the winter we crave soups and stews and braised and warm and you know sort of comforting whereas in the summer you know it's going to be a little bit more you want the raw you want the spicy spice creates the heat it makes you sweat and so it cools yeah. you down because sweat is your natural air conditioner. I, again, I could go on and on. You asked for quick, so I'm going to be no. succinct about this. But no, I'm stop putting ice in your water. Stop drinking smoothies and no iced coffee. Like I know, I like I hear the shrieks coming already. <sighs> and you know what? If gassy is your thing, then by all means, <laughs> just 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 don't come around me. <laughs> I know. I'm like no. <laughs> Oh my god! I do. Yeah, I'm not an ice water. I'm a room temperature water. Same. But sometimes I do make a little ice in the summer, ice adaptogen drinks. But yeah, but that's I summer. That's different. It's right. Okay, it makes me feel better. It's. I would say. I, mean, I don't feel like I'm super farty. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I haven't noticed anything since I've been here. So it's been warm. Yeah, <laughs> we've had our ad warm adaptogen drink, and yeah. it's been great. And we're yeah. fine. We're totally fine. No gas. <laughs> Why am I single? I have no idea. <laughs> you guys, help me out here. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> no, those are rad tips. And they really, honestly, they just make me want to keep going with you. But I want to honor time and probably yeah. bladders at this point. <laughs> I've just peed no. my pants. It's fine. <laughs> just let it go. Surrender. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, so can we pinky swear that we are doing this again? Oh, 100%. Done. Like, okay. Yeah. We have to. There's yeah. so much more to pull from you aside from laughs. But can you please, this will all be in the show notes, yep. but can you drop all your contact, Instagram, yep. so people can, you guys, you got to follow her. She is truly one of my favorite profiles. I appreciate that. It's real. I don't fucking No, I know. Yeah. You're not a, no, you know, I'm not. I don't feel I like you're blowing no smoke at my ass. Like, no, no. no. <laughs> Chocolate covered smoke. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I only like it when it's chocolate covered smoke when it my ass thinks. Yeah, so uh, Instagram is at Ms. Shauna Robinson, MS. 
Shauna, S-H-A-N-A, uh, last name R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. And email is my first name, S-H-A-N-A, at MsShaunaRobinson.com. And to sign up for the retreat. Oh, yeah, the retreat. Um, yeah, on the website, there is a retreat page. You can sign up. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. I'd be happy to answer any questions or hear from you. Or, you know, if you want to join, it's going to be super fun. I have no doubt. With you, for sure. Yeah. And Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like super serious and like, you know, it's not (laughs) going to be silent. Could you imagine? No. No. Not with you. No. Mm -mm. Not at all. I feel like you're going to give people six packs. (laughs) The the laughter. Yeah. Well, laughter is the best medicine. I agree. To me, it's like part of the fountain of youth. I love to laugh. Right? I fucking cackle. Let's be real. You guys all know it by now. No, I love it. Your laugh is so infectious. (laughs) I'm like, ugh the best <laughs> I did yeah growing up it was funny because it's such a deep belly laugh you know but it's authentic and that's what makes it so great girl thank you so much oh my god I thank you this is so you. fun uh, so much fun I can't wait for the next and I can't wait to come over eat your food and yes. get schooled on Some my nice skills. game yeah yes all right you guys you know where to find her follow her make sure to do that I love you guys so much and we'll catch you on the next one bye Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.